You know, there's supposedly um we we have this feeling or understanding or conspiracy speculation that entertainment, television, they actually tell you what's about to happen or they tell you what's really going on in the world because they have information and they like to put subtleties out there to get people talking for, you know, as the kids say, clout. Um, and they put stuff in there just to be like, hey guys, we have access to things and we know shit. Um, so if that is the case, right? For the flat earthers out there, people that believe in the flat earth, when we have a soap opera called as the world flips because the world is flat you know you can't turn something that's flat you can only flip it and if we flip it everything's going everybody's going down but no everything is literally flipping have you ever flipped the table that's think of the earth just flipping like we're really just out there being like a mattress in, in the world in the atmosphere Whatever you want to call it. I don't even think... I think there's a reason why planets are around. Look, I'm not a astronomicist. That's not the word. An astronomist. I don't know if that's where... Whatever the fuck Neil deGrasse Tyson is. Whatever the fuck these people that... You know... I mean, I like my space. Don't get me wrong. I just like literally... I just like literal space. But if the world was flat... I think we have a hard time of actually fitting this many things on this planet. But there's a reason why all the planets are circular. Because if we were flat, I honestly, like the oxygen density, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But yeah. Yeah, you know, the Simpsons have foreshadowed every, like, there's compilation videos of the Simpsons. Having an episode four years prior Throwing a little foreshadowing or a thing out there. Like, oh, in Springfield, you know. Oh, there's going to be a bombing in this and this. Or they show a little picture of a towers. Or they show, like, an old episode where they showed that Trump was going to be president. And literally, like, going down an escalator. And then there was literally, like, after he got elected, it was almost, like, identical. He was, like, at an airport or at a mall. Like a gathering, a speaking engagement, and all the paparazzi was around. And the reflection of what was happening in The Simpsons was happening in real life. So people speculate there's time travel. Um. So yeah, but if that's the case, we wouldn't call the soap opera as the world turns. It would be as the world flips. So just by that alone, I just debunked. The flat earth theory. Flatter than the opening of this podcast. And flatter than 30% of girls' chests these days. Yeah, it's kind of weird when your titties start getting bigger than most girls. Which you would think, well, the extra enhancements and steroids in our chicken. you think it would have helped them. But I guess it just helps us. But yeah, welcome to episode 216 of the Off and Me podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host.
Clint Nelson, uh, don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. Whether Earth is world or flat, that will always be happening. I feel like there are more titties being sucked on average than babies being born. I think they say a baby is born every three seconds. I'm like, well, there's being a titty sucked every millisecond in the world out there. You know, whether it's in one way, whether it's another way, or all the ways. <laughs> uh, and that's how I like my Five Guys burger. All the way, baby. Yeah. But yeah, recording this at 5.25 a.m. Eastern on August 28th, 2023. Just for the archives. And to kill the time. And today's sponsors is quote unquote h2o and some coffee replacer with this thing called rise up tea you know i gotta be honest like i've been a anti-hot tea guy you know i like to spill some tea um preferably on my crotch until you find out you got some holes in the gooch area it's weird when you find after you wash your clothes it's a terrible feeling when you find holes in things you didn't know, you're like, oh, let me stick it in there. Um, <laughs> now, that's, now that's an addiction. Um, not all these like, oh, I got an addiction to my phone. It's like, yeah, I have an addiction when I see a hole. I play whack-a-mole. Um, I start bam, boom, boom on it. Um, <laughs> uh, two or three fingers. It don't matter. Clockwise or counter. Hey. But yeah. Um, I'm such a fool. You can tell I'm recording this at five in the morning. I tell you that much. Um, but yeah. Now you know it's weird when you do laundry, and uh, it's like every time you do laundry, you find something different. Like you find like a sock that has a hole in the heel. You find some jeans that have a hole in the sack. You find some shirts that have been uh, you know, worn. Um, and you've been warned. <laughs> That's literally what a t-shirt feels. You've been warned. It's like, yeah, I know. I've been warned a lot. A t-shirt is basically like a prostitute for your body. Now that, like, think about it. A t-shirt has a higher body count than your body count. Think about that. Yeah. Think about it. You have probably worn a shirt more than you have had relations with your partner. Just imagine if like we just threw people in the washers and be like, hey, you know what? You came out brand new. Eh, I wore it for seven years and I'm like, yeah, you know what? It's time to throw you out. Just imagine we just treated people like shirts. Well, some people treat people worse than shirts. Some, you know, that's the crazy thing is like. You could, like, literally, it costs more to buy, like, a purse. And it is to buy, like, shirts than there is to buy human beings out there. Which, selling human beings is illegal. But we know it happens. Like, you know, a baby, you know, you go to these child trafficking things. And they sell babies for, like, as low as, like, $800. It's, like, the most craziest fucking thing. But then it's like, hey... Buy this, you could buy two t-shirts from Express at the mall for 300 fucking dollars. It's like, 
It's like, yeah, once I wear it out and it stretches out, and after eight months when it gets some wrinkles and then to rip it up, and then it's like, yeah, but you know what? Aren't you glad you don't have a baby? And it's like, eh, I guess so. Um, <laughs> for now. Wink, wink. Foreshadowing, like TV, remember? Um, <laughs> maybe this podcast is basically just cable television. I'm telling you what's really happening. I'm just doing it in an entertaining way. Uh, dude, where's my car? Um, it's probably at a junkyard because someone went under it and so your catalytic converter and you had to get it towed and you called an illegal tow service that is part of the same sting operation of the people that stole your vehicle. And now they are pawning and junking your car, scrapping it for a good old 1800 buckaroos when you still owe $5,000 on it. Welcome to Metro Atlanta. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, honestly, I've been thinking about moving. You know, making moves. That whole thing, like, you got to have a shitload of money to move. It's like, you don't have to have money to move. Um, you just got to have money to, when you move, go into a place to move. Because I see plenty of people, they're moving around, you know. That's the thing, like, if I was homeless, like, if you're homeless, are you better staying in a three-mile radius that you're comfortable in? Or are you better off actually just, like, after a month, you know, taking a bus to this place and then... You know, taking a bus like 80 miles this direction, like, you know, seeing, like, it's like sightseeing. Like, homeless people have the most freedom. And I'm not saying be homeless, you know. I, you know, I actually have a, you know, I, I pray for them, even though I don't pray. So it's weird to say you pray for someone you never pray, because if I pray for someone specifically, they're probably looking at me like, oh, what? Well, why are you praying for us if you don't believe in praying? And actually, I was thinking earlier. Like, that's probably what they feel when people offer them, like, homeless free housing. They're like, oh, so you've been just watching a struggle for years and years, and now, because it's good for your campaign, for your uh, presidential campaign, or your government, or your Senate, or you're running for a fucking third seat in your fucking Henry County, all of a sudden you give a fuck about where the homeless encampments are going to be. And that, that's kind of the issue. It's like, if you put a bunch of people who've been on the streets, who have been living in a survival mindset, where they feel the world has said, fuck you, we don't care about you. The world has been against them. They are treated as such. They have a hard time getting jobs because they don't have active transportation. Realistically, they don't have... You know, I think, honestly, the biggest thing is probably just hygiene. Like, and I don't mean to say homeless people smell, but it's like, because you know what? People that have homes smell. So, yeah, homeless people probably do smell when you don't have access to clean yourself. So, that probably makes it a little hard to, like, find a job. There's probably, like, a hygienic issue. Which, honestly, a lot of people, like, if I was homeless, like, my, my go-to path, all I would do is just have a gym membership shower, and, you know, fall asleep in the tanning bed area. Well, don't turn the tanning bed on because, you know, <laughs> watch out for the radiation out here. 
Um, <laughs> besides tanning beds at these gyms, like most of these like local 24-hour gyms, they never fucking work. Yeah, because you know what? It's a lot of maintenance. It costs a lot of fucking money to keep up with that shit. But yeah, no, if I was homeless and like, I'm not talking about like someone that's like just, you know, homeless, but you know, they're regular, they're normal persons, just circumstance. I'm talking about like a real homeless person. (laughs) That sounds weird because if you're homeless, you're homeless. But you know, you know what I'm talking. I'm not talking about the person that's just kind of like living in their car for a couple weeks because, you know. They got kicked out of their parents' house or whatever. I'm talking about like a homeless person where they're walking around with a tent on their back. You know, they're doing, they're playing drums to the side. They're doing some Dragon Ball Z movements at four in the afternoon, right by a light, you know. And, you know, if I was, if I was homeless, like, and I like lived that life for years and years and all of a sudden... They're telling me like, hey, you know what? We got this free apartment housing. You all can come in here and just live here and just stay out, right? I would be like, you know, I don't think putting a bunch of people in a different environment who have been living in the certain environment for, you're just putting everyone, they're going to do the same things, but now it's just inside. So it's like all the stuff that they're doing out for survival and the way of living, it's like, it's not really going to change anything. All it is is just literally the whole idea of that stuff like they do on Skid Row. And the whole idea of that is literally because they just want to keep their cities to be attractive tourist options. That's all it's for. Which is actually a very popular thing now on the internet, which is to go to poor parts and just start taping and talking about how poor the area is while all the people there are like sleeping on the street like yeah you know everyone here's just kind of you know they had no father they have all these drug issues they uh you know they don't they you know they never uh, graduated past fourth grade like you know they all came from abusive home it's like and you're just sitting there minding your business watching you know playing on your little etch-a-sketch just trying to get through the day and, you know, do what you do. And some asswipe with like 4 million subscribers on YouTube is like, hey, you know, I got this nice camera and I'm about to make, you know, about a couple hundred grand off this video when it gets 8 million views over the next like seven months. You know, he, you know, he can use that money for it. But no, he's like, yeah, you know what? It's like almost like. What's the difference, you know, it's kind of an uncomfortable relationship with these channels where they use a constant uh, situation, like people that go to the poorest parts and they're using other people's downfall in life or they're using other people's um, situation as a way to capitalize, but they would be the first ones when you're talking about politics and stuff, talking about, oh, the government, you know, they just didn't care about these people, they just, uh, you know, they took their homes, and they just came over, rezoned everything for benefits of all this shit, and it's like, okay, but you're going out of your way to the Appalachian, 
going around out of your way to skid road to these poor parts where all this homelessness where all like poverty is at all time high and people are just broke and they have no resources it's a dead end way of life they have no way out like this is just their existence and you go there with your nice Range Rover and your $8,000 camera setup with your cameraman named Jeff and you just go there and you're just like interviewing people and it's not that they're not nice to the people but it's kind of weird when you think about what's taking place it's like what is like it's like you okay you're making people aware of it and that's nice and that's cool it's fun to you know it's cool to watch but it's also kind of a weird feeling after you watch and you're just like oh and then after the video is over he's like thanks for the content guys um but uh best of luck you know um, <laughs> try not to get kidnapped from sasquatch out here because i'll be a bigfoot in your booty hole pipe roddy yeah but i don't know it's a weird thing you know i don't want to name the channels because i watch them and it's nice it's nice to watch interviews and it's nice to, for people to go to these parts and really explore and tell a story and show I think that's good but they even admitted in some ways it's like yeah you know I don't, it's like you can't fix the problem all you can do is show it it's like okay but if you're gonna show the problem don't capitalize monetize and make money off of other people's lowest parts of their life or other people's unfortunate reality i don't know it's and that's the thing it's like they're not being intentionally bad but they're also it's kind of a lack of i guess awareness of what's really happening i don't know you know anyways enough of the sad shit so i was actually uh you know it's funny we we'd be having you know you know, sometimes like in a work environment, right? In the break room at work. Whatever's on TV, that's what we talk about. So, we're watching, we were watching boxing. And somehow, you know, it, it started to turn because, you know, it's like weird when you're watching boxing in UFC, we were actually talking about how, hey, you know. Uh, the one guy was like, you know, some people, man, you know, some people are given brains and they can't throw hands and some people are given hands and they have no brains that's just the way god made it he's like if you ain't got to do this you don't do this and if you have the option to not do this but you can do it still don't do it right he's he wasn't like anti-boxing but it was definitely like it's like it takes a real special breed of someone to literally just fight in a ring and get hit non-stop and in the head and all that shit. And, just, and you know, it's it like, well, you know what the interesting part, because, you know, I brought up like, you know, because the one, there was a wrestler that died recently. Uh, I forgot what his name, but it's like weird because boxing there's the uh, it's obvious it's bad for you like it's legitimate getting hit in the head even though you're wearing a glove 
it's almost worse than the argument's been made because when you're getting hit with a glove, like, it's painful. But it's enough to cause damage, but you can still function. So you just keep getting hit over and over. And the wear and wear and tear of that for 10, 15, 20 years is when you see people, like, barely functioning. Like, they typically have mental issues. They typically, like, they have cognitive memory loss. They have deformed bodies. Like, they're just in so much pain from what what was caused. And the thing is, like, WWE, <laughs> talking about wrestling, you know, entertainment. It's like, it's so fake. And it is fake. Like, they're not hitting each other. Like, not punching each other. They're not actually landing shots. But all the theatrical stuff of jumping off, like, jumping off the ropes and clashing into each other midair and having to land a certain way. Like, it is one big gymnastic shows. But instead of falling on some big-ass cushions and foam, you're falling on a flat canvas. And sometimes on wooden floors and, you know, the, the slams and all that shit. Jumping off a cage... Onto an announcer table. Like, I'm surprised. Like, honestly, no one has actually. Well, I'm pretty sure it's happened, but WWE. I mean, people have gotten seriously hurt and had to be legitimately carted off during. But I don't think anyone's ever died, like, in the ring in the WWE. But, like, there's countless of people that have so much brain damage and neck damage and back damage and so much pain they kill themselves. Chris Benoit literally killed his kids and his wife. If I remember the story correctly. And then killed himself. Eddie Guerrero uh, died from, I think, a heart attack or some shit. Or maybe in some more street. Like, so many wrestlers. I mean, you go down the list. Like, if you're in it for more than 10 years, like, you were done. Like, in Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan and The Rock, they, they made such a mark in such a short amount of time. Then they got in the movies and they said, they got at the perfect time. But uh, the argument is like, you know, actually, I mean, you think about like rest, like WWE might actually be worse for your body than like boxing. Because one, at least I don't know how, because I don't really watch this stuff, but they, I mean, their tours are insane. Like they will tour like. Do like 200. It's like they used to have these crazy things like early mid 2000 where they were. Doing like 200 events a year type of shit, right? And I'm just like, like looking back, like Jesus Christ. But I'll tell you what is absurd. Like, here's the thing about like WWE and WWF. When you're younger, that shit is so fucking awesome to watch. It's so cool. And like you don't watch it. And then you get older. And I don't know, maybe it's just like they do a lot more over outlandish shit. I was literally watching a clip the other day. It was like the Miz was the like in the booth calling it, and this one wrestler came over there. It was two wrestlers, one to grab the guy's head, slammed on the announcer table. The one announcer, the Miz, got up and that grabbed his hand, slammed it down. The dude brought back like, "Oh my God, I'm in a daze." He pointed to the crowd like, "One more, boom!" Slam, quote unquote, and I say slam, but you know what I mean. Slammed his head again. One more. 
does it. I mean, he literally does this eight or nine, ten times. The guy hits the thing, comes up, stands up, goes, oh, my God. And the Miz is like, do it again. Do it again. And I'm just looking like. Even, I honestly think, even at eight years old, I'll be looking at this shit like, this shit is fucking stupid. And then I'm trying to think like, eh, you know what? There's a lot of shit, you know, there's a lot of wrestling that was stupid. But I feel like it's so absurd now because it's just not as a watch. But, you know, that's the thing. Wrestling is one of those, quote unquote, they call it fanboy sports. And um, it's one of those things where it's like, there'll be grown men that are like really attached and we like live that like Star Wars. I guess, it's not like an anime vibe, but it's a very... You know, the Comic-Con vibes. Like, people that are in the comic books are probably in the wrestling. Like, that type of attachment. That's like a childish, quote-unquote, people call it childish or a very youthful attachment. But it could kind of get, like, too real for them. So, they go to these Comic-Cons, spend endless amount of money, tour the world, go to everything, meet whoever. And, like, they're very passionate about it. Like, it's one of those sports. But, you know... I don't know. I think honestly, like from a longevity and life standpoint, you might be better off being an MMA fighter or a boxer. That's the moral of that. But yeah. That's some good room temperature. Supposed to be hot tea. As kids say. Why drop it like it's hot when it's not? Don't get an attitude. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there's a. I think I've kind of talked about this before, but um, there's a really fascination with natty or not like natural people are natural people are not natural i I don't want to get like too deep in like people that are natural like because like i've said before who really cares at the end day it's like people that are not natural can still give good advice and actually give really good information about what it takes to grow compared to a natural it's like oh well, I'm saying the same way because I'm just natural. It's like you also naturally are just a weak ass little bitch in how you train. Um, <laughs> well, if I was on all this trend, it's like if you were on trend, you would just have more acne. And yeah, you would have growth in your traps and shit, but you would not even maximize what being on that shit would do. That's a reality for a lot of people. Um, but, you know, it, it begs to differ, right? Does being on steroids, HGH, testosterone, does being on that immediately discredit you from being a respected human being who makes good choices, right? And here's what I mean by that. Damn, I'm really just throwing shit to the wall right now. I would say I hope the shit sticks, but um, that'd be a messy cleanup. Kind of like I'm going to have to do for this pod. 
Um, <laughs> if I had an editor, he, I'd be like, hey, I'm going to have to pay you a little extra for this one. You got your work cut out for you. Um, but uh, they say uh, they say shit sticks. But I say put a stick in my butt. And uh, just uh, hopefully the wood don't chip. Because <laughs> uh, I'm a chip off the old cheese block. Because I am getting shredded. All right. But any just But yeah. Um, you know, that that's the thing. It's, can you really trust someone with, like, if I, if I was a owner of a company, let's just keep it simple. Let's say I owned, I don't know, an Arby's, which by the way, I would never own an Arby's. Now there's anything wrong with owning an Arby's. It just seems highly complicated for a fast food restaurant. It's like, like, honestly, I've never seen roast beef look like Arby's. Roast beef is either insanely thin or insanely thick. They have, like, this nice proportion where it's, like, wavy. They got wavy roast. Uh, the bitch is wavy. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like someone said earlier video. It's like, gravy is just there to add to hug the biscuits. And I was like, yeah, but, you know, it should be white gravy if it's nine in the morning. Well, you know, I've given some white gravy at nine in the morning, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> because I like country buffets, you fucking weirdos. All right. But, you know, if I owned Arby's and would I trust someone that's on juice? First of all, it's I've never seen a ripped Arby's employee. I've seen a jack, like, this is weird, I've seen, like, there's certain fast food restaurants that, like, weirdly some of them will have, like, jacked, or, like, really in shape, like, people, like, dudes specifically, like, McDonald's will have, like, McDonald's will have, like, the ripped guy, right? Taco Bell, I've never seen a... I've never seen a uh, strong, pretty jack dude at Taco Bell. I can say I've never seen that. Burger King? Nah, that's where the sloppiest, the sloppiest goes. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying people. Alright. I want, you know, I, I don't want fit people at fast food. Or like, I, I don't want fit people cooking my food. Fit people... Well, watch your salt intake. It's like, if I want to watch my salt intake, I will cook at home and not put salt. Just put, like, just put the fucking sodium in the quarter pounder, all right? Lazy asses. It's like, you press two fucking buttons to put the seasoning on. Um, <laughs> oh, by the way, the Taco Bell Dippin' Taco, that was $3.49. Maybe the... Biggest ripoff of a thing I've ever had. Yeah, they dip in the... The taco was smaller than a regular taco. It was like, let's get the smallest dry shell. Put this cheese grease under it. It's It comes with beef, but there wasn't really... It wasn't even beef. It was They put chicken. And I read the thing a couple of I was like, nah, I know I didn't order chicken, but cool, whatever. And, but it gets two sauces on the side that you don't quote unquote pay for. 
And I'm like, first of all, this taco, I, I couldn't even use half a sauce. Like, that's how much of nothing it was. So what's the point of two sauces? So I'm paying an extra $2 because you want to give me two sides of sauces that I can't even fucking use on this one item? I don't know. But, um, not money well spent, I can tell you that. But yeah, no, you know what? If I owned an Arby's and I was in charge of hiring and this like 24-year-old dude comes in ripped and jacked like he's a gym bro, I'd be like, hey man, I got a gym bro on the staff. You know what? That means I got someone that's committed, someone that's willing to put in the work, no days off. Um, <laughs> the only thing I got to worry about is if he calls out to go to the gym. Um Cause like there's two uh, the thing is there's like two things that can happen when you start working at like a fast food place Arby's and you start out in shape you either stay in shape and then get in even better shape while eating their shitty food or you just completely lose it all there's like no in between when it comes to this shit and you know would I trust a guy that's taking Trend Anavar? MK11. I don't even know the fucking names for a lot of this shit. To slice. To slice roast beef. To actually cook meat properly. And do all that shit. A person that's just willing to do that. I just don't. I like there comes a point where like. I honestly unless you're competing in your sport. That involves taking steroids from muscle and shit like that. Like. And recovery, I really, I to this day, I really don't understand an everyday person with a regular job need, taking steroids. And I get, like, the body image thing. But, like, wouldn't people realize, like, a lot of these things that are placed on you in society, like, really don't matter. They are just words. They are just sayings. They are just phrases. It is just peer pressure. But since we're conditioned to be in the peer pressure or we're going to be deemed a certain way, it all starts in the playground in seventh grade. When it's like, just go ask Brittany out. So you go to the basketball court and you're like, hey, I saw your sister out of my brother in her top eight in my space. Let's just say uh, you can come and be in my space Tonight after 8. And we can go see. Um, what movie was out at that time? A Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> That's weird if you're trying to lure a girl in the 7th grade. While you're in 7th grade. You're both 7th graders. Let me. You're both in 7th grade. You're like hey. And you're trying to flirt. And be like hey. Maybe tonight we can watch a Nightmare on Elm Street. And uh, so, I'll always be in your dreams. Um, <laughs> uh, I had a dream. And uh, you were going to ham, baby. Um, <laughs> I still remember that girl's name. The first girl I ever asked out. Or I ever, actually, I didn't even ask her out. I asked her to be my girlfriend, and we never talked before. <laughs> now, was it seventh grade? No, nah, I think it was like fifth grade. 
See, your boy was starting at a young age. And then I didn't ask another girl out till I was like 19. Um, <laughs> oh, young men, tra- young men trauma. It'll kill you. And after that day, I was like, you know what? <clears throat> the only rejection I'm doing on a basketball court is rejecting your shot at the rim, bitch. Um, <laughs> Goal 10 that, ho. But no, you know, that's how you know my Riz wasn't on point at that time. But, you know, that's the beauty. I forgot why I even mentioned that story. I don't even know what the fuck I was talking about. But yeah, shout out to Brittany Russell. Um, <laughs> I literally just said, I literally was like, I, I remember exactly how it went. I was a young whippersnapper, like 11, 12 years old. And I was just like, hey. If I ask a girl out, they will say yes. Like, that's how I thought it went. So I go up with my oversized jack with my chubby cheeks, my face. Um, <laughs> I go to the basketball court with her long hair and bangs over her eyes. And she had no interest in anything, to be honest. And then there was a whole, like, MySpace drama, too, after. She's like, why did you have my sister? And I'm like, I don't know. It said, would you like to add your sister? And I'm like, sure. Add her sister too. And she's like, well, delete my sister. I'm like, no, I'm not going to delete your sister. She could delete me. I've never even seen her. Her sister was older. Her sister was in my brother's grade. It's like, you're the one that rejected me. Why do you care? It's like... It's like, you're not in my top eight. She's not in my top eight. So shut the fuck up. And just because she did that shit, out of pettiness, I'm like, you know what? Since she rejected me, I put her sister as number one. That's how you do it, kids. That's how you show them. Don't Tom and Jerry me. No pun intended. (laughs) MySpace, get it, Tom. All right. But yeah. But it's that day I learned. I I just went up to her and said, will you be my girlfriend? And she just said, no. And I turned away and I'm like, all right. I just looked down. It looked like one of those memes (laughs) where like a sad boy looks down and be like, when the world is lost in your tears. (laughs) It looked like one of those memes. Um. But you know what? As they say, it builds character. And you know what? I wouldn't have had time to go over there if Freddie would have just fucking let me be the goalie. I want to cover the walls in between the gutters. That's how ratchet our school was. Literally, the gutters. (laughs) The gutters were the goalposts, and we just kicked the ball against the wall as like a soccer, and there would be all-time goalie. But no, this, you know, this... You know, uh, I was about to, see the thing is like when you say this Mexican kid named Freddie, it sounds so bad, but really it's just this kid named Freddie who was Mexican. But if you say this Mexican Freddie, um, <laughs> it's like, no, because he would always bring his gloves to schools and he thought he was fucking like Tim Howard out there protecting team USA from Brazil, making it to the world cup. It's like, just fucking, like, you're covering eight feet of wall. If you allow a goal, you deserve to get scored on. 
But no, he was always like, no, I'm always there. like, you know, we all know that fucking guy that's like, always like, I got ball. Like you do a pickup game. He's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to take the ball up every time. It's like, you got less handles than cap. You got less handles than Captain Hook. All right. <laughs> like look at Captain Hook with his fucking hook could dribble better than you. And you want to fucking sit here and be like, I got next. It's like, yeah. You got next hands in your face if you keep calling next. If the game ends, you wait for the next four people to come in 404. You don't just take someone else out. Hey, man, I, you know, my mom's got to pick me up at six. Come on, let me just get one more game. And it's like, well, and I guess your mom's going to pick you up at six when you're riding the bench there, Dougie, aren't you? Um, man, I miss Doug. The show. Yeah. Uh, teach me how to Dougie. Hey. I'm such a fool. Uh, why be a Doug when you could be a thug? And apparently, young thug. Um, his dad. It's funny all this whole podcast just connects. Um, <laughs> young thug's dad. He uh he had like a protest sign, or he put he made some posts on social media with the sign that basically said. My son, it's like my son has to sit in prison for the same charges that Donald Trump is like, well, I mean, it's not the same exact charges it's quite different, but it is in the same state. So, you know what? It's kind of similar. And they're being treated different. He's like, he's like, you know, justice for thug. You know, look, you guys know the Young Thug case, Young Slime Life. So, no, it's actually not really similar to Trump at all. I'm pre- I mean, I'm pretty sure Trump does have, like, a drug cartel dealing going. He's probably had a few people offed who've done him wrong. But, you know, in the weird way, you know what, you know what all this Trump stuff is really doing? It's actually, like... Helping his case prove that everything, the quote-unquote establishment, all the corruption he has basically said and all that stuff. Like, they're literally exposing it and how they're dealing with his case. Because that's the thing, you know, and, you know, I never knew this, but I guess it makes sense. He's the first president to have a mugshot. Which is actually not true. He's the first president while being a president to have a mugshot. I mean, George Bush literally had like a, a crazy, like one of the craziest DUI intoxication. Like, he had like a crazy DUI like in Texas. And he had a few other things in a bar. Like he had mugshots younger, you know. Maybe that's why he always has that face. He got drunk so much. It kind of fucked up his face. Yeah, that's not what you talk about, a dead person. I don't know if he's dead. I don't know. But anyways, um, but every president has committed crime. It's literally like you're naive if you think that hasn't happened. I mean, literally, Watergate's a crime, but all he had to do was resign or he got impeached. Nixon did. 
But what he did was what took place is literally illegal, like beyond illegal. And the result of that was just to resign. Um, for example, you know, I was actually listening to a podcast with uh, Dave Smith, who's like, apparently he's a comedian, but he's actually, a po- I, he's more of a political, because anytime he's on the show, he's just talking about politics, like, in a actual way that's actually digestible and interesting. <laughs> like, apparently war, declaring war, according to the Constitution, declaring war can only be uh, summoned upon by Congress. It cannot be uh, summoned upon by the president. But what they've tried to do is like, well... The government doesn't really acknowledge Iraq, Syria, and all these things as war. They acknowledge as, uh, what is it called? Military defense or military action. Or some technical term where it's not war. But it's for military purposes, right? Um, But technically, war, the last war that was actually declared upon in the right way was World War II, supposedly. I mean, you know, we, I mean, Obama, apparently he had people, literally tortured, uh, literally tortured people, uh, literally killed, you know, sent off drones into America and killed people by doing that stuff. I mean, you go down the list, every president has stuff that's like, they did things that were illegal. So it kind of opens this can of worms. It's like. All this is just because. There were some votes. That may have been changed. Or that were tried to change. And. The year that you're looking at. Is an election that they lost anyways. So we're going to waste millions. And tens and hundreds of millions of dollars. Investigating something, going into something that does not change the result of what happened, anyways. It doesn't mean that people shouldn't be punished for the election fraud, but also let's not be stupid and think election fraud is not normal. Like, election fraud is just typically is less detectable. And typically, no one cares because it's in everyone's best interest. When election fraud takes place. Because election fraud is literally designed. Quote unquote. To um, protect America. From what. Everyone in the inner circle. Thinks is better. And you know what. Maybe maybe they know something. Maybe maybe they really do believe. They're doing something to help better. But in reality. I think people only care about this now. Because it's become more of a spectacle. Than it is a reality. Like. Let's say all these charges happen. I mean, anyone, the main heads, Trump or anyone that's like kind of close to like what they're going to make like, oh, you can't run for president. Like they can't even do that unless he's in jail. Like he can run for president. There's actually no law where they can make someone not be able to run for president. Unless you've reached your maximum amount of terms. So like. 
even if they were to be like, yep, he's found guilty of this, he has to serve five months this, probation and all this shit, but it doesn't go to jail, like, he could still run for president, but they're trying to do all this to make it where, like, he doesn't become president. I don't know, it just seems like a big waste of time. Everything's a waste of time, you know. Um, but yeah. That's what I find interesting in the world today. Um, have you ever put your shoes on backwards and realized, man, I got a big toe. A nice camel toe. Imagine if your toe was that. Like, have you ever actually seen a camel's toe? Those things are fucking huge. Um, <laughs> oh, well, we don't beat around the bush around here. Nope, just me. Just me. I thought, hey, that was actually pretty good. Don't beat around. All right. <laughs> Barbara. Um, oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Don't you feel me at your feet? If you rub it, I'll take you to an Asian nail spa where she can give you a nice dry rub. Yeah, so if I want you know not if I want a barbecue place and I literally had a dry rub station where the person's job was just prepping the meat for dinner and stuff like that and the main occupation was a nice dry rub is just rubbing the meat. I'm going out and recruiting some of these. Uh, let's just say I'm going to go out and recruit some of these massage therapists. Because I know they're going to make sure my restaurant is taken care of. Um, <laughs> but, you know, hey man, sometimes you got to seek unorthodox qualities unorthodox qualities to have your product stand out like what's going to be the difference between your barbecue place and dickie's barbecue place it's like let's just say uh we 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 have we, we went out and got some unique employees that have a lot of experience in rubbing dry meat rubbing sticky rubbing saucy meat Making sure it's cooked and aged to perfection, regardless if it's something that takes two hours of smoke or, you know, 14 days. We're going to make sure it's in good hands and ready for takeoff. To infinity, and that'll be $45 for half a rack. But it'll be uh, 70 bucks with the coupon we have in place, if you know what I'm saying. Um, I'm sorry, but anytime I see these signs at these massage places and it's like at five o'clock, like there's this random massage place that I see, I'm not going to say where it's at, but it's a name of a, let's just say the first name is like a name of like what a woman's name would be massage. And like at four or five o'clock, that thing is jam packed and it's a lot of trucks it's a lot of dude cars. I'm sure, you know, after a hard days of work, at 4 o'clock, the first thing a man's saying, like, man, 
I really need to rub out. I really need these tightness in my calves. You know, get out. When I see that, and it's in a very, like, area where it's like, this is kind of out of place to have this massage. Like, this should not be next to a Zaxby's, all right? (laughs) It's next to a Zaxby's in a closed-down diner in a Mexican restaurant with a bunch of townhomes behind. Like, this is not, it's not in the middle of a, you know, transient city. It's not in the move of a constant going. It's like... This is pretty jam-packed, huh? Unless everyone's here for cryotherapy, but I doubt it. Um, <laughs> you know? I guess they're. Uh, I guess they have to make sure they're full staffed at all times. I would apply, but um, I don't want to have to find out the hard way—no pun intended—what I would have to partake in. How do those interviews process go? When you apply for a place that does those secret, quote-unquote, under-the-table or (laughs) over-the-table dealings. Like, is it transparent? Is it just like if you open that place, it's just understood like, yeah, like if if you actually want this to be a functional business. I mean, come on, let's be real here. Um... Or is it person by person basis? Like, is it just like you can go up to the front and be like, "Hey, uh, can I get a, can I get Stephanie again? <laughs> she got that heffany." Um, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, you want the same twisty toppy turvy special?" And be like, "Yes, the three TTTs, <laughs> T cubed." Um, and be like, sure. Uh, would you like to add, you know, our aloe vera gel for five dollars? Um, <laughs> uh, how about I just add that mouth for a hundred, Alex? <laughs> oh, she can give me the wheel of fortune, and then I'll spend it and go bankrupt. Um, <laughs> I'm such a fool. But. Hey man, but men will men will pay for some shit, man. I actually came across a video on a O'Shea Duke Jackson where um there's this preacher. Of course, well he's a pastor preacher. You know what the fuck I'm talking about? He's you know the leader of men in a church, leading a whole commercy, you know, really leading people with faith and showing people. Right and wrong and making sure you stay on the right path. In the name of Jesus. But you know, we all make mistakes. Even people in that stature. That close to God. People with that type of strong feeling. And can talk to God and relay your message. And make you feel like that. You're going to have a portion the next year. Just because you dreamt it. Apparently, uh... A prostitute put him on blast and put him on TikTok. Well, she put him on blast a few times. <laughs> Apparently, he was meeting up three or four times a week. Um, and the thing is, she, well, it's actually not a she. Well, it's a she, kind of. It's a, it's, a, it's an in-between, let's just say that. I don't know what the correct term, but you know what I'm saying. It's not a boy. It's not a girl. It's a... 
it, it's it's something that would actually kind of fuck up uh, pastor's career. Like you know, you get caught with a prostitute's girl, you could just say like, you know what, God, I lost my way to room one thirty eight for the fourth time in the past three days. Um, <laughs> and oh yeah, by the way, he's married with kids too. You know all that good stuff. And they in the room, he's covering his face because he don't want to be seen. And this person's putting them on blast. Jimmy Neutron style. Putting them on blast. Because his name, and start out, says his name, where he is, who he's the pastor of. And if you, he's like, stop playing me, give me my money. And he's like, I made sure you were satisfied. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, hey, hey. In the name of Jesus, um, sacrifice, and you know, sacrifice me the details. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, apparently, the moral of the story is he was satisfied. 15 minutes for 125. You know the rates. Um, <laughs> you know the rates. Like, it's a freaking, like, toll pass. Like it's a like it's a toll in Florida. You know the rates is a big sign. Fifty cents. It's like damn. Like I'm doing the math. Like fifteen minutes of one twenty five. That's like that's like seven fifty a minute. I think. <laughs> you know this uh this uh escort this prostitute whatever you want to call it got paid as much in one minute as like I did at American Eagle. For an hour. And I folded clothes. I mean open fitting rooms too. You know. I made sure the floor was clean. But apparently. uh, They made sure the floor wasn't. Um, Put him on blast. Because he didn't want to pay up. It's like look. Look man. And. It's like Kevin Samuels said. You don't pay for their service. You pay for their silence. And, um... Especially... (laughs) I mean, come on. Especially if you're messing with the... You know... One that's not a girl. But yeah, my camera's about to die. So, moral of the story is... um, Pay or get played or... You find out your pastor likes to be played... But yeah, that was episode 216 of the Off and Be Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. Even if you're a pastor, all titties are created equal, right? But yeah, love don't judge because God can only judge those who love everyone anyways. And he would love if you stop capitalizing on his teachings too all right that's coming from a man of faith bitch